electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. Future is pretty solid as Silicon Valley Bank finds a buyer for most of its assets, and these banking worries lessen a bit. Two-year yield claws its way back to near 4% ahead of a busy week of housing and inflation data. Our roadmap is going to begin with bank shares getting that boost. First citizens agreeing to acquire failed Silicon Valley bank assets. Plus, Salesforce and Elliott make peace. The activist investor dropping its director nomination plans. And Tim Cook, well, he went to China. The Apple CEO praising China's innovation and the company's long ties to the region. Let's begin with First Citizens, as we said, surging in the pre-market, giving a lift to regional bank shares as well after it agreed to acquire SVB's assets, deposits and loans. This is what the CEO of First Citizens said about the deal earlier on Squawk. This is a remarkable transaction in partnership with the FDIC that should instill confidence in our deposit system. And uh, it's, it's also a great example of where regulators and banks come together to protect depositors. We have ample liquidity and capital uh, in this marketplace, uh, and we're uh, working with the FDIC. Uh, We both agreed that we had the strength and stability to handle this transaction. Jim, you called it a roadmap as we try to chip away at some of these issues. Right. Well, I think that there's the system needed to take a breath. I mean, you really just sat here and you just said, okay, well, look, that Things are going far too fast. Uh, and if we could just figure out some banks, the banks, only 33% of their deposits were insured. Uh, but when you see the game, what that says is, you know, David, I mean, First Citizens was not necessarily the likely candidate. But uh, when a bank gets a, such a little, uh, when they get such a little hair, a big haircut versus what I think the loan book's going to be, I mean, you know, they got $72 billion loan book. 1650 discount. I think that's rather amazing. A lot of people thought there might be only like a 10% discount. So what does this mean? It means that if you buy somebody, look what happens to your stock. Yeah, I mean, we saw it with New York Community and um, Signature Bank, a uh, similar response in the marketplace. Listen, $90 billion in securities and other assets remains in receivership for disposition by the FDIC. As you might imagine, those are the most uh, damaged assets, so to right. speak. The securities portfolio that caused in part a lot of the concern there because it was obviously taken on when rates were far lower. They'll let that run off over time. But to your point, when you can come in on these, uh, it tends to be a very positive transaction for your bank if done at an appropriate discount to your, uh, again, Jim. And now the FDIC will say, listen, we're getting, you know, um, equity appreciation rights in first citizen right. that could make us up to half a billion dollars. So they want, they want the taxpayer to know that there might be some, uh, some profit at the end of this. Well, look, I, I, some, there was a big recommendation to Key today. Now, I think Key is another bank that could easily do this. Uh, I had Huntington Bank shares on the other day. They could easily do it. M&T Bank has the capability and the firepower. I'd like to see something uh, go on uh, 
with uh, Comerica because they were the ones that was one of the weakers. Uh, PNC did not have time to be able to get something together before. Carl, I think there's a lot of companies that are looking at what happened today with a first citizen and say, okay, if they're going to make those deals, let's bring, bring on First Republic. And that, that, of course, what will make it is, is the First Republic, therefore, might have a better chance of making it. I, it's very strategic in the sense that when you listen to the CEO of, of, of First, uh, First Citizens, I mean, they did CIT, but they're not necessarily known as a tremendous acquirer. And they're not the one that I think that, like, in using the J.P. Morgan total deposit, you would expect. Yeah. They're on the tape now. Uh, deal will be immediately accretive to tangible book. Uh, does it help us avert? I know you've been watching and thinking about the longer rolling term issue of commercial real estate and how much these regional lenders are involved in that market. Well, I mean, I, I went over a lot of I was going back over the the most, I, I'd say, thoughtful guy about this, this is Barry Stern. Look, if you look at Starwood, I mean, he just says, look, the real problems are in New York and San Francisco. But most importantly, it's B&C buildings. And, you know, David, we can overdo commercial real estate if only just because if you're going to hang it on what are the uh, loan, you know, if you're going to hang it on the total deposits that are insured, then you're going to have to be very careful to be negative. Because remember, every every bank can go to that discount window and borrow against the whole the, the health maturity portfolio. Even if the price is eighty. There's going to be a lot of focus on commercial real estate. It's justified in part because obviously a lot of these loans were made again when rates were far lower. Many of them will adjust in the next few years uh, to numbers that are higher. I mean, you got what four point four trillion dollars of commercial real estate loans outstanding today. I think those are the estimates, at least. Um, I think J.P. Morgan came out with that. What was it last week in a research report? About half of that sits on bank balance sheets. It's a big number. But again, remember, you know, the banks are stress testing it. Their regulators are stress testing it. Um, This doesn't happen all at one time. No. And there is some concern. We're going to talk to Willie Walker in the next hour from Walker and Dunlop about it. We'll be talking to other guests about it as well. It's where you want to focus if you want to be bearish on, on banks right now. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's all happening at once. It's not akin to the mortgage crisis that we had in 2007-8. There's no speed. Uh, and I think that when you listen to what Mayor Adams said just a week ago, I mean, there are plans to try to convert things into residential. It takes a very long time. San Francisco is the fulcrum. Because San Francisco, away from the A buildings, is for, uh 40% up, unoccupied, according to Sternlich. I keep going back to Sternlich because Sternlich was the most bullish I've heard since 2009 because he has the firepower, bearish in the sense of how these companies, the commercial real estate will do. Uh, very little recognition of something that Dave and I talk about a lot, which is just the pure fright of these areas that are uh, underoccupied. And, yeah. and I know we could call it anecdotally the scaffolding problem, but there's just a lot of buildings that are unoccupied on the first floor. Uh, and that's because there's just not enough foot traffic. And that it exists in many cities, but has only really uh, caused the San Francisco market to take a real hit. So I, I hesitate to say, all right, you got to start selling these because of commercial real estate, particularly because when you go over Vornado's portfolio, it's not even that bad. SL Green is a real, real worry. But they've all been down. I mean, they've been sharply yeah. lower, <clears throat> many of those. Again, we've talked a lot about that. That gets back to the work from home, where there was a journal story the other day indicating people are back to work in some way, a lot more than I think anecdotally we're aware of, certainly in the New York region or many right. metropolitan areas where occupancy rates remain, let's call it 60-some-odd percent. 
But I mean, all these stocks are down dramatically. It is a white collar um, recession. Over the last year, it's not just right. this year. It's if you take a look, take, you can see seven. Go over the KB KB Homes uh, piece last week. It just talked about there's these markets that are so strong, uh, and that's where all the commercial real estate is that's new. Uh, I just I'm not going to say I'm not buying it. I'm just saying that you can use SL Green as the company that that's probably the most stretched. Uh, but the mortgage REITs are hidden. We never know what they have. They're too opaque for me, but that's where a lot of, of activity could be bad. But, by the way, the shopping centers are good. The shopping malls are good. I saw Morgan Stanley downgraded Simon Properties. Well, why don't we just downgrade that at the bottom? You know, that, that, was, a sec, sec, that was a strategy piece. I didn't see the, uh, the uh, SPG downgrade. Mr. Now. Wilson. Oh, really? Yeah. He oh, had, so it was part of an overall? Well, he's got to find something negative to say. I mean, he's got a strategist. He doesn't downgrade, him. He doesn't downgrade stocks, time. though. He just talks about no, the No, but I'm saying they, they go to more defensive. I mean, I remember Elaine Gazzarelli. She, she nailed the 87 crash, but she also nailed the 88, the 89, the 90, 91, 92, 93, 94 crash. And you don't want to be Mike. I mean, you just don't. Particularly if you're in a moment where if you're going to switch to the defensives, which, by the way, are the most overvalued. Now, that's a that I shouldn't just lump that to Mike. That is a a sector call that they're making. But like if you're going to just say, all right, now's the time to buy Walmart. Well, I mean, I want to get more aggressive, not less aggressive. Uh, Yeah, they do add Walmart and Clorox. Clorox, uh, I mean, Colgate had a really bad quarter and they're really very challenged in the pet food area. And a lot of that is because how General Mills has come on with Buff. Uh, And I just say to myself, all right. Don't do that now. Don't do the defensives now. They've had very, very big moves, with exception of the ones that did not that failed to execute. This is time to get more aggressive, not less aggressive. So you don't buy his argument that the market's going to get religion on earnings? Well, look, he gets lucky that the banks report first, and we all know that the FDIC is going to. So he'll look right. He'll look right for for seven days. You know, seven days in April, not seven days in May, which is a very good book. Well, if it's seven days in May, then it's a different sector of reporting. Yeah. <laughs> Frederick Boris. Uh, look, I, I think the problem with being really negative here is the market's still oversold. We had a lot of money that came out of the market. People are now, ch- right, look at that. You see those banks? I mean, any one of those banks, when they look at what happened this weekend with First Citizens, they could line up and say, listen, well, I'm next. Let's not forget what didn't happen this weekend, which is nothing bad. Um, and I think that's important to note. You know, as last week went along, uh, Carl, obviously the stock market, by the way, has been fine during what was a, has been sort of a but it was back to the, mini financial crisis. It was crisis, back to the same old, same old tech. No, but my point is on Friday we were concerned about Deutsche Bank a bit, whether or right. not it was deserved. Right. And, you know, when you look at that company, what it's done over the last couple of years, probably not. But nonetheless, there was a... a bit of a bear raid on it and, and a lot of conversation about that. that. I'm glad you called um, it a bear raid. And so you just wonder, but going, going into the weekend, again, given the last two weekends prior to this, we've had a yeah, great they, deal of activity, well, whether it was they, SVB they and Signature, that, uh, whether it was CS the next weekend. Had a great piece on dot-com. The, the flow of uh, movement and, and funds has slowed, slowed dramatically. Yeah, you yes. got the data late well, uh, in the day. Yeah. Um, look, if I, were, if I were Jonathan Gray and... Um, Let's John and Gray, president of Blackstone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, his and his 105-year-old father-in-law passed away. Okay. Great hero. Um, I would say, wait a second, I went in. If I were, if I were Bill well, one Ford. One into what? I'm sorry. Well, remember Bill Ford came in and did that restructuring. He wanted to get in on the, Bill wanted to, wanted to get in on the collapse of Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. We're talking that. Let me in. I'm sorry, yeah. Let me in. And Morgan Stanley, if they wanted to go high-end. Schwab, if they wanted to go high end. Now, Morgan Stanley's shown no inclination to do this at all. 
uh, Schwab came on, they bought 50,000 shares as CEO. I'm just saying, look, if my stock is up 50% because they did this, I went in. That was a very smart well, it, thing. So, it's a little late now, isn't it? Well, First Republic's still down a great deal from where it was. So you're saying if and when First Republic, but it would need to enter receivership, which is unlikely. Well, I don't want to say unlikely. No, I'm just saying, I'm saying this is is go back to the blueprint. I mean, last Wednesday, our blueprint was, you know what? We're no no bailouts. That was Janet Yellen speaking exactly at the same time as As Powell. Powell. Yeah, that was a major policy mistake that they spoke at the same time. But First Public shares are up today. We've talked about it in part as a, a bank that's not going to be able to earn a great deal of money over the next couple no. of years. But I've made the point that you, to get government assistance to deal with the actual hole in its balance sheet, you'd have to put it in receivership. It's not clear that that is going to be the case. Oh, so it sort of stands on. I'm talking yeah, I don't about what I don't know. You are? Well, no, I'm, no, I'm no, you're saying, talking about being able to buy things at a discount from the FDIC. Yeah, people yes. love that, Jim, but that's... Yeah. That, no, but that's okay. At least somebody came forward. Most of these other guys were just such a big, they had never dealt with this. PNC took a long look at it, and I think they said, I don't know what we're doing. But these guys, first citizens, holy cow. First Bank of Kramer and Faber went in there, took a hard look at it, kicked the tires, and said, we want this. Yeah. We're talking a lot more about the research triangle yeah. than Silicon Valley yeah. today. That's All right, sure. Faber and Kramer. Jeez, <laughs> you are something. Thank you. You're welcome. When we come back, Salesforce avoiding a proxy fight with uh, Elliott. We'll talk about that. Bunch of calls to get to this morning as well. Uh, Dish, downgraded cat, upgrade of Roku, uh, pins interesting today. There's a look at futures. More squawk in the street straight ahead. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. All right, I'm unearthing my Salesforce file, taking a look back here. There was a lot that went on here. What's the latest? Well, uh, of course, this morning, early this morning, in fact, uh, Elliott and Salesforce, not unexpectedly, uh, declare peace, they declare love. It's nice for all of us, I think, to kind of feel the love there. Mark Benioff saying, I've thoroughly enjoyed getting to know Jesse. That's Jesse Cohn, who runs activism at Elliott. And the team over the last few months, I'm grateful for Jesse's mindful and constructive ideas. Look forward to a good relationship with them. Jesse, for his part, says he has great respect for Mark and his team and has been deeply impressed by their strong, ongoing commitment to profitable growth, responsible capital return, ambitious shareholder value creation plan. Of course, Salesforce shares have had a great year so far, right up at 43%. There's some of the, uh, the excerpts that we're talking about. Why are they saying all these nice things? Well, they've, uh, they're standing down. No new directors. No new directors will be uh, nominated or therefore have any chance of joining the Salesforce board, and everybody wants to take credit, uh, Jim. <laughs> of course, Elliot wants to take credit. Should point out they've never gone to a proxy fight here in the United States to a vote, to a vote, never, not once. 
Uh, they did in Korea, in South Korea. Um, but uh, everybody wants to take credit. Uh, you know, Salesforce would say, listen, we put a plan in place in September, and then Jeff Smith came in. We accelerated things. And where are they now? 27% operating margin guidance for this year, and they say they will exit Q1 of next year at 30% operating margin guidance. Last September, they said they had a 25% target over a couple of years. So they have accelerated that. And, of course, they had that very strong quarter the morning after we told everybody that uh, Elliot had nominated for the board of directors. So uh, not unexpected, right? No, there's a lot of goodwill. Elliot's bigger, as you always taught me. I mean, Elliot's it's got Jesse, but it also has, you know, Dan Senior, I used to write with him. Yes. Uh, who's a terrific guy. Uh, I know that they felt that they, I think Mark exceeded their greatest expectations when they reported that quarter. What I did was surprised was where was the love earlier? But I think that there's going to be a, uh, let's say, a, a friendship that's for real. Uh, Mark's going to do something that's different. Let's call it different. Remember our conic, Klaus Kleinfeld? Sure. It's the exact opposite. I think there turned out to be a lot of mutual affection, and uh, that's good, Carl, because there were a lot of just traditional shareholders who decided that it was time to go with Mark once he beat the quarter. I mean, traditional, you know, the kind of the fidelities. And I think that that shows that there's a, a sense that this is a great growth stock again. Now, it's interesting, on, on, on Einstein GPT, that was not really a focus of, of the amazing teaching that we had from Jensen Wong and NVIDIA. But I would say that Mark is very gung-ho about that. So uh, good, good uh, outcome for everybody. Well, a couple things. Uh, one is uh, if you listen to the COO, they're not done cutting headcount reduction. No, they're not. That's a very important point. Well, they've got to reach those operating margin yep. targets, and yes, that's going to require them to continue that. to be uh, very mindful on the cost side. And then Goldman um, today uh, takes a look at overall uh, generative, uh, generative AI they take the TAM, $150 billion right. versus overall software TAM of $685. Uh, I, you know, I didn't like their piece because it talked about long-term productivity, and I think it very much is in disagreement with the kind of industrial part of, of GPT that Jensen Wong talked about. Uh, I, I just did, didn't buy that. Uh, I do think that we're getting into kind of a have-have-not world, David, where you have these, you, when you have these software, the enterprise software companies, there's ones that are making money, and then there's ones that are still doing gap make money, and people are losing interest in those rather rapidly. Uh, so I think it's important to recognize that Salesforce has now jumped the queue and has become, at the, I think, literally at the top, along, by the way, with a very unheralded Adobe quarter, especially because Adobe was the one, I think, that, that Jensen Wong and NVIDIA spent the most time about working with. And they, are, and they the also are doing a lot of things when it comes to generative AI at Adobe in a very, very significant exciting. way with new products. I just don't Obviously, an awful that. lot of computing power, some stories today about the cloud providers benefiting overall because the computing power needed to run the likes of ChatGPT is very significant. The losers are people you often mention. Humans. Over time, that would uh, seem to be the case. Goldman could substitute up to a fourth of current work. Generative yeah. AI. Well, that's that would be 25%? About, yeah, 25% well, about fourth. De- that's deflationary. I mean, like, I hope Jay Powell, he's going to look at How's a couple How's he going to feel about 25% unemployment? Well, it means yeah. a lot of people get to work on Friday. We'll get Doug Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Again, take a look at futures here. Pretty busy morning uh, setting up ahead of uh, some major tentpole uh, economic posts later on in the week. Don't go away. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. 
while what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. All right, let's get to a mad dash. Uh, seven minutes before we get started with trading here. First trading day of uh, what could be an interesting week. They yeah. happen lately. You want to talk a little Micron? Yeah, well, I think Micron's really important, Dave. They report tomorrow. And they've had a series of really miserable quarters, all right? But look at this. This is often the case of a prelude to a better quarter. Uh, nobody's looking for anything good, which I really like. This morning we have uh, Stiefel talking about how it should not be a good number um, because of average selling prices are declining. We have a very negative piece about Micron talking about they expect to see numbers go lower. Uh, my contacts say that there's absolutely no bottom yet, but that's okay because what you have to do is get in when there's no bottom, when there's no bottom, when there's no bottom. So that is exactly when you have to buy. So my take is this. Uh, you want this to come down a little. Uh, I don't know how much it will come down, simply because if you think that the inventory glut is almost completed, which I do, uh, with HP is probably the best example, saying, listen, we've had a really big decline, then I think you, you have to say, all right, buy half now, buy half later. Buy now, pay later, just half. So you're getting constructive on this stock. I have I to. Yeah. I have to because we had 37% decline in PCs. PC cycles are usually a three-year cycle. Uh, and, you know, we're getting into the third year. So, therefore, you might just be able to get lucky on a cycle basis. Uh, Micron is uh, Sanjay Marotra's doing a very, very good job. It hasn't mattered because there's just people stopped buying because there was a work from home and then shutdown. But, you know, now you're starting to think about Think about that third year. We're right there. Right. So, uh, and I'm getting a, you know, Marvell did not give me a good feeling last week. They were very concerned. But there's not as much. The cycles are all running very differently. It's very unusual. By the way, the analog cycle never ended. The analog device and Texas Instruments cycle never ended, which is rather incredible. Just They just kept, kept going and going. But uh, this DRAM commodity cycle, I think the downturn has pretty much run its course. This stock has historically been at the bottom quartile or the top quartile when it makes its move. Okay, we'll keep an eye on it. About $65 billion or so market value right now, at least for Micron. Opening bells five minutes away. Remember, you can catch us anytime and anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. The reason that deposits are flowing to the big banks, the reason that Credit Suisse was bailed out by the Swiss government is because banks have this premium position, and it's unfair. It's an unfair playing field that puts enormous pressure on regional banks and community banks, and that needs to be addressed. We need regional banks in America. We need community banks in America. So we ha once we get through this stress period, we have to come up with a regulatory system that both ensures the soundness of yeah. our banking system, but is also fair and even so that community banks and regional banks can thrive. We do not have that yeah. today. That's Kashkari on CBS uh, yesterday, uh, Jim, basically saying that the stress on lending has brought recession closer to the U.S. Well, remember, I, I've been continuing with the idea that 100 basis points addition uh, from this crisis is because behind the scene, and that means above what the Fed has done, behind the scenes there's been an incredible tightening. 
of credit. Uh, bank examiners really crack down. There's a lot of people who just say, look, we are in near a recession, so you can't lend as much. At the same time, you have all of these banks looking at what just happened and saying, okay, look, we have a path. We know there's a path, both for the losers and winners. The losers, obviously, you don't want to lose. But I felt very heartened, uh, and I think that Kashkari is a little too negative. I love this very much. Let's see what happens today, at least. Let's get the opening bell. And the CNBC real-time exchange of the big board is Con Ed celebrating its 200th anniversary today. And at the NASDAQ, Two Sigma Ventures recognizing leading women in AI. Uh, Jim, it does raise the question, you know, the NASDAQ 100 is having its best quarter versus the S&P in over a decade. Well, what it, happens to that it, tech trade? It is incredible that NASDAQ 100 is a combination of NVIDIA leading it, NVIDIA uh, becoming a different company, frankly. Uh, Meta uh, being much more um, uh, oriented toward maybe a TikTok versus Reels, but Instagram doing better, advertising being up. We'll hear that from Snap. We'll hear that from Pinterest. But then there's also just a kind of belief that, that Apple, we were worried very much about Apple just literally four weeks ago with supplies. And then, David, you know, the pressure seems to be off Amazon. Did you see the amount of money that people think that Amazon could save in their current, uh, the, what I thought, rather meager layoffs? I mean, talking about a couple billion the last, dollars. From the 9,000 that was announced it's last a, week. Well, you know, it's 27 altogether, but one of the things that people are, they're not filling new jobs. Um, there is an Amazon factory, the future, that uses NVIDIA Roomba. Not ready yet. But uh, the one that we're all still waiting for, I, I think that Alphabet has solved a lot of its problems uh, with AI. Because what they do is they've made it so that when you, if you're a local advertiser, it's even better than ever. Because it tells you all the ones that are nearby. I think it's a little early to say that Google has solved all its problems no, with no, AI, No, no, no. There was Jim. a local advertising problem that they had, David. No, they yeah. haven't solved all their problems. Okay. But there's a local advertising problem. And they have a Justice Department problem. Justice Department is not... Uh, you can't really buy them. They're rigorously independent. I mean, Alphabet has a great product in search, and obviously they made a great purchase many years ago of YouTube. But yeah. What have they done since? Can I mean, all those other bets. Has anything happened yet? Can and by the way, Microsoft has now put themselves in some contention, at least, in terms of search as a result of the incorporation of ChatGPT and Bing. Well, YouTube, they could, they're putting some fees in, but no. I think that the problem with, with um, Alphabet, frankly, is that it's a bit stale. I, I agree with David. I, well, I keep, no, I'm just asking no, the no, question. No, 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 I agree. No. They have one of the greatest products of all time, the highest margin products. But, obviously, the company's uh, over, over years has done incredibly well, but... They have a great advertising you know, business. And if all advertising that money they spent on all those other bets, including AI and DeepMind, of course, which they had, and have they really lost? Uh, a, a, are they behind in now this well, sudden race? I, I think that the one... saying no. I'd say put all the money behind Google Cloud, which I think is for real. Okay, right. They're number three in cloud, yep. but they're obviously a player. Move that Thomas Curran, move the money there. But David's right about the other bets. I mean, another bets. The bets have been just, you know, remember they had like two healthcare departments going? I mean, right. sometimes when you have everything going, Carl, you kind of, like, you've won the Super Bowl and then you never come back. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like. The, it, it, we're, we're in the team league yeah, parity. Yeah, I mean, it looks like free agency is really Everybody decimated. Everybody gets a yeah, chance. Well, you mentioned Amazon. Morgan Stanley, 
target of 150 is 50% upside. That's well, how I mean, know you know, Amazon, behind the scenes, first of all, let me just say, but Amazon is a company, I think people should realize that behind the scenes is trying to make it so that it's customer first, very customer centric, which means that it's very difficult to just lay off people in the warehouse because you don't know who in the warehouse is getting the product to you. But the cuts in the center office, I have been, I think, way too uh, phlegmatic about those. It's, it, it, they're, real, they're really for real. Uh, David, those people made a lot of money. Now, they're not like Meta. I mean, Meta, we keep waiting for Mark, to, Mark Zuckerberg to come up and say, okay, listen, New York is closed. What's the matter with that? I had to check into how much those leases would cost to get out of. Uh, do you know? Hundo. A hundred. Lease a hundo. A hundred million bucks to get out of the leases in New York? That's what I hear. Okay. That's what you think is true? Yeah. All right. Well, I did homework on it. You think they'll do it? Yeah. You do? Get the money. What do they need? Why do they need it? No one else wants to be in New York. Oof. That's brutal. Well, no, I'm just saying that they don't need it. They don't, they have a, they want to work from, they want to work at the office. Give them, work them at the office. I just think he does want them to work at the office. No, they they overexpanded. Mark Zuckerberg said over and over again they've overexpanded. The answer, Instagram is doing better. Reels is picking up because of TikTok. I think TikTok's beginning to lose advertising. Meta itself a little problematic. We forget WhatsApp is being. Whatever happened to the metaverse, by the way? It's okay. And what happened? Give me some time on that. Whatever happened to payments? Uh, No, I don't. What happened to local? Did they ever try dating? Do I look like Mark Zuckerberg? No, I'm just wondering. Again, Whatever I'm coming back to this, to this theme he's in there. between Alphabet he's de- he's, and and he, and Meta. He's devoting time as to what it's what, going to be a teaching phone. What they've actually done beyond their core product. Well, you're just. Is there anybody in Silicon Valley who thinks doing anything special? Yeah. Who? These OpenAI guys are scaring Nvidia. the heck out of me. I mean, you got to go back Nvidia, to the Nvidia. The Nvidia sure. conference call had. It was so enlightening, and a lot of it is the reason why it's not being talked about. Because Jensen is Mr. Partner, Mr. Partner, Mr. Partner. And because he's actually kind of so far ahead of everybody else, he doesn't want to beat his chest and say, listen, I'm crushing you. Interesting enough, uh, the late Gordon Moore, uh, who's such a titan, uh, at the very beginning of, uh, of, of Jensen Wong's speech, he talks about how Moore's law is outdated. And when you look at the obituary of Moore's law, he too said it would be outdated. You just don't get the incremental power if you keep adding these small chips. But so it'll be interesting. You know, Intel is a teaching this week. I don't know whether they'll address this, but Jensen was not so far away from Gordon Moore, as I thought. Moore's law was willing to be more. The man who invented Moore's law was willing to say Moore's law is run out of course before he died. Well, sort of in that area, uh, pins today on this upgrade uh, out of um, UBS, they go to buy. That's if it's not a 52-week high, it's awfully close this morning. Well, look, I mean, when you look at the Skuganine piece, they're talking about Meta doing well, Snap doing well, TTT doing well. Why not add Pinterest? I wish we could speak to Bill Reedy because he's the guy I would know. You can stick around for it if you like. 10 a.m. this morning. Uh, I got a morning meeting. I got my big uh, investor club uh, co- convention tomorrow, David, if you want to just check Convention? Out. Yeah, we convene once a month for a club like the Elks. Like the Elks. Like the Elks. That's nice. Hey, we got it. Toastmasters. We built we built a bar on top of our Elks. It just it's David. It's come this come this spring, man. You'll be out there. You built built a bar. A bill a on bar. top of your Elks club. Yeah. Is this where you're going to tell them to ignore Mike Wilson and the cat downgrade today? All right, the bear piece. All right, so let's just say it's the second one. 
I mean, can you just Walmart? I can't believe that upgrade's working. When you look at Bear, I mean, Caterpillar was down three and a half before anybody got well, transparent. Now it's only done one. Caterpillar is is this close to the biggest giveaway in history. Particularly if you read, I don't know if you read the Goldman and the Wall Street Journal, they're going to need more Caterpillar uh, equipment. Now Caterpillar has been saying, Jim Oakley's been saying, this is consistent with what he said last. Uh, the, now this one is a non-residential, not doing well. Before it was oil, not doing well. Just down, bring on the darn downgrades, because you will be so wrong when that federal money comes. And the federal money is being described right now. The states are trying to figure out how to get it to the general ca- to, to the GCs. Once they get it to the general contractors, it goes to Caterpillar. Okay. So go ahead, sell it. Just be my guest. Go ahead, sell it and send me a note to your funeral. Uh, it's a downgrade. That, uh, Baird goes to uh, underperform, and yeah, they that's really went smart. to neutral only a month ago, Jim. Uh, it's two downgrades in basically 35 days. Well, I wish him all the best of luck yeah. in the world. By the way, they also take down URI. Uh, that's another one. Why take it down now? I mean, what? Do you think you're going to be able to get it right back in? Can you get in Cat- Caterpillar 198? Good. I tried to do that with Boeing at 192 for the investment club. You can't. Nobody's that good. Nobody. No, no, nobody. Nobody. Um, guys, worth coming back to the banks, of course, because uh, they are having a strong morning. Excuse well, me. What do you think of that? What do I think of it? Yeah, the banks have a strong morning. Well, I think it's indicative of a belief, perhaps, that we're closer to the end of this mini crisis than, than we are to the beginning. Then should be selling intact and buying back banks, because that was an algo trade. What was an algo trade? Selling banks, buying tech. Selling companies with bad balance sheets. By the way, I think you could say that about virtually anything in this market. Not oils. I mean, maybe we don't talk enough about the power of the quantitatively driven models, the algorithms, so to speak. Because because they do move enormous amounts of money on a daily basis, and we sit here trying to figure things out, and really it's usually them. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, that's okay. When real investors come back, it'll change. Oh, really? Real investors? When's that going to be? When, when the market's when money the markets stop paying five, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, like, real, you look who at me. Who are real at, investors, by the way? Who are we even talking about? Who are the real investors? Yeah. People who pick stocks and do well. Uh-huh. They're, David, that's okay, an, let's, say that's you, an, let's say you picked a That's an anachronism, Let's say you had a vision. That's you, a myth. Let's say you had a vision. Not unlike Bugsy Siegel had with with, with, yeah. with Las Vegas. Uh-huh. I I had a vision about NVIDIA. What's the matter with that? Are, are you comparing this, the stock market to Las Vegas? Well, just in terms of a particular business model. That, <laughs> when the active guys who that, can make money picking that, stocks come back. What? Wait, what is scripted. this, 1996? David, no, no, no. no you, you take Will Danoff, the Contra Fund. Will Danoff runs, has run the Contra Fund for a very and long he, time. And he's, he's beaten the market consistently. Hmm. I mean, you okay. can beat the market. But yes, in peace, first of all, it's an active fund. Let's just own that. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, when they when they drop whatever ne'er-do-well bank that comes out next, they're going to put in probably something like, you know, Palo Alto Network because it's got four Qs of, uh, of gap earnings. So it's just constantly updating itself. It is. Right. 13.3% of the S&P right now is made up of two companies, Apple and Microsoft. Well, what do you want to do about Apple? They went to uh, China. Not bad. No, Tim Cook went to China. Yeah, not as bad. You, still as you probably, as, and he's still there. Um Given the percentage of sales that come from that country, it's not unsurprising. Given how many iPhones are made in that country, not unsurprising. But you think it's um, the beginning of, of a return to China of some of the the people who work hard in China? I mean, if you look at yesterday's order call, Fabrizio Freda, who is the unbelievable CEO there, he's ready to roll in China. Obviously, Nike had a good quarter in China, despite the fact they didn't have a good quarter in this country. Right. 
So um, the defenses are doing well, David. I driving me crazy. What is Pepsi doing at 180? Is that just the algos? I don't know, Jim. I don't know. It's reassuring. What can I tell you? I don't know, Carl. Uh, they're doing well, not as well as the, the banks today, Jim. That's well, the banks, if everybody yeah. can get a piece, I'm ready. I mean, look at this. I mean, it's unbelievable that First Citizens, with the few deposits being insured, was ready to go. I mean, I, you know, I could make a strong case that, that you know, the next thing you're going to see is, um, is Huntington Bank. They have a really good uh, Cohen Frost. What I don't. MNC next thing you're going to see. What do you? What does that mean? What are you talking about? Well, because the next thing you're, you're going to see. If you're first citizens right now, you're saying I just made a fortune because I got my loan book protected. The loan book's probably better than we think. So if First Republic actually goes down, so to speak, there'll be other banks that are saying I too want my stock to to go up 254 points. David, that's a giant move. I agree with you, but you're making a lot of assumptions to, to, to say things about these banks. Now I understand it. First you need First Republic. As we don't need to discuss that any longer, but well, I just to be taken into receivership, no, which no, is no, not going to happen. What do you mean? No. Took, That's what you just the, keep the saying. The system took a breath. The system took a breath. And that's when this fee was too great. These companies aren't, these guys aren't seasoned acquirers, for heaven's sake. You think they like Huntington Bank just like, whoa, and say, boy, we're ready. Do you think M&T Bank, which had an unbelievable letter to shareholders, is saying, you know what? Go ahead, First Republic, make my day. So are, are, you, are you talking about consolidation or distressed m and I'm saying that if you're First Republic, you just got breathing. Because you know, like, well, look, the biggest one that I was worried about well, still was, not, was not being able, the biggest issue was not being able to find anyone to acquire us because we knew that the guys who really know how to acquire all had 10%. First Republic is not going to get acquired by another bank. No, no I know now that's not going to happen. It may not have to happen. Right, but my but, point has been all along that those banks that were interested are only interested in doing so with government assistance, a la SVB and First Citizens, as okay, you're discussing. Okay. And the only way that government assistance would actually be available would, would be if they took them into receivership. Okay, but I'm saying so, if they went into receivership, there's going to be 10 banks that want to be in. M&T Bank. Okay, Why great. Not? But, what? Nothing. I, none of that's going to doesn't mean that's going to happen. Was no, a week ago, there was no, Silicon Valley was dead. It was dead. Like, who wanted that carcass? So are you a believer then in the in the Bullard school of thought that attention goes back to inflation over financial stability? Yes, I do. I'm because right Bullard. now we're looking at 50 percent Bullard. odds of a May hike. Now. I'm with Bullard because I do think that unless there's tremendous tightening of, uh, of, uh, of lending conditions, then we're back on the 25, 25, 25. Uh, and uh, look, I, I think we're closer. I have a lot of data that I gave in a letter this weekend at the Investment Club, a lot of data which says we're, we're on our way, but there's still almost nothing that is back to where it was in 2019. And if it's 2019 that you're worried about, we're not there. And the Fed has to keep pushing. And a lot of it's because they're just not building enough houses. Yep. They're not building enough cars. No. There's not building enough rental. I mean, there's still just real issues in the system that they can't seem to solve. And, can, and the darn long rates don't go up. Right. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to get a, a core PCE number on Friday. I know B of A is looking for four tenths. And we're coming off one of the hottest numbers we've seen in several quarters. Oh, it's not. You know, look, I think we have to know how much tightening it really is. Look, if you listen to Barry Stern, like he's saying it's 2009, but he's got the cash ready. Uh, look, it's still, I mean, David, there's inflation. 
okay? And he wants to win. He wants to see how much this, this last rate hike hurt, because it could be hurting. But he knows that the battle's not over. Power. Yeah, Powell, if you think it's going to go to, if he wins 2019, he's not there. Well, he's also still trying to understand the contractionary implications of tighter credit right. that results from this crisis that we hopefully are towards the end of, um, and what that's going to mean. But you know, supply chain, we still have, you don't have enough electrical parts to finish most of the housing. Automobiles, you're still short a lot of parts to, to, for houses. You have an incredible amount of inflationary legislation coming out of Washington. You do have SNAP you ending. You mean the, SNAP the, the legislation that has already been approved? Nothing you have, new. You have SNAP ended. You, do, you now have borrowing on credit card. That rate is up really big. But you still have the um, short, uh, long money, short time trade because travel's still big. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think that yeah. there's still issues. Carnival just printed a uh, narrower than expected loss. There you go. Uh, adjusted EBITDA beat. They say they're well booked for the rest of the year at higher prices. Well, it's exhausting if you're Jay Powell to think about how there's still much too, too much. Uh, to, there's just, just way too much information. He still has a lot of work to do. But what is he going to do? Take it to seven? Whoever's like buying the long bond here, who's just like saying, well, we're about to have a recession. I want to know what, what, under what realm, if you save these banks, do you see a recession? Boy, you're saying different things. No, First of all, you're saying that inflation just, is still present and you're indicating Powell may keep going. Well, then, At the same time, you're saying that if you save the banks, then why are you going to have a recession? No, I'm saying that. I was actually just—I was just actually agreeing with James Bullard, frankly. I didn't mean to stick my neck out. I'm saying that if you solve the crisis, as opposed to Neil Kashkari, if you solve the crisis, then you don't get the equivalent of a hundred basis point increase. That's all. I, oh. I mean, it's not revelatory. I'm not even like—I feel like I'm not Captain Obvious. Well, last week you said it would be a hundred basis points. Well, and by the way, solving the crisis doesn't mean—it means okay, no more bank failures, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to still make, pay more for their deposits, well, that their cost okay, of funds right. is not going up, and that they're not well, going to be more stringent or difficult lending. And so that's why he did 25 and not 50. He needs to know what the FDIC premium is going to be. He needs to know what next You were saying last week that was 100 basis points well, based on that, not on another oh, oh, you failure. You see, but you know what, David? I had a vision Friday night that First Citizens Bank shares, one of my favorite banks, by the way, which is located in North Carolina, would do it. And I went home, but I had no voice, and that's why you didn't hear something. You thought it. I thought it. It was in my head. It was right there, along with Miami beating Texas. But no. That was a great game. Not if you had Texas. No, not if you had Texas. I felt like Miami was just, they were, it was, they the really. second half, Texas didn't show. Their defense. Well, Miami's defense is pretty tough. He's agreed with me on absolutely nothing today. Not a single thing. Not one iota. No, right. I have, I have right. not agreed with you on anything this it's morning. It's natural true. friction. Every well, so often it happens, but not today. You didn't seem to mind my micron call. Your micron call seemed very reasonable right, to me. There we you go. feel better? Yeah, okay. I'm much better. It my did, throat actually. feels better. Too. Quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or use the QR code on your screen. Uh, it'll be a busy day in the bond markets today. Got some uh, auctions on uh, T-bills, two-year uh, note auction at one o'clock, and that two-year yield has climbed its way close to 4%, not quite. Be right back. Keep your eye on Tesla today. Nice 3% gain here as Barclays uh, reiterates an overweight, says they do expect the company to beat deliveries on Q1. 
Although Morgan Stanley today looking at some uh, elevated inventories of uh, batteries in China, a big source of Tesla profits, as it might be tough to defend some margins if prices continue to fall there and in the United States. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. Dow's up 290. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. Yeah, I mean, we had an amazing quarter last week by General Mills, kind of lost in the shovel because of the banking issue. Barclays, Mizuho, and UBS all raised their price targets. I think this one can actually go much higher. It has a blue buff they bought right, but they also have some of the staples doing very well. Uh, it's a remarkable company. It's got real growth, even though it also has some more inflationary growth. But that's because the brand names are so powerful. No one has traded down. So I still like General Mills, even all the way up here with a 2.5% yeah. yield. They continue to be aggressive on price. They right. they were they got it. They were able to take price, and there were no issues. So uh, it's, it's rather an incredible story. I think the story can go much higher. What's the story tonight? I'm going to have the cheapest bank stock there is. Now, I, I, you know, David's going to be busy watching the show. He'll know that he'll be like, boy, Jim just really winged that one. But I actually spent a lot of time. You never wing your show. Thank Never. You By the way, Wingstop downgraded to sell. I thought that was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. What's the one we didn't get to? Yeah. It was just a cheap shot. And Ollie's. We didn't do Ollie's either. Oh, I mean, you know, supply chain issues. Ollie's. Has the guy ever been to an Ollie's? I bought some really good water damage books about World War II at Ollie's. Like mm-hmm. 10 for like $6. Really? Amazing price. And I got a tarp. No holes in it either, by the way. You got a tarp with no holes and you bought water damage books. Well, I mean, like, David, how do you think I got rich? <laughs> See you tonight, yep. Mad Muddy, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. When we come back, a lot more on this First Citizens SVB deal, helping to lift the regional banks today. And there's Bill Reddy of Pinterest. We'll talk to him on the heels of this upgrade over at UBS. With uh, S&P still swirling around 4K, don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. From their innovative practice facility to unmatched views from the fairway, The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with 5G solutions from T-Mobile for Business. Together, we're using AI-powered analytics to expand coaching tools and bringing fans closer to the pros with 5G-connected cameras. This is game-changing innovation. This is the PGA of America with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now.